0: Diversity, it might be what's holding your team back and you may not know it yet and may not know how to solve it. For that reason, I'm really excited to tell you that Data Futurology has established a partnership with She Loves Data and we're doing a series dedicated on improving diversity in your organization, in your teams, in your workplace so you can get the most value out of your teams, out of your data and create products that the market really wants. Tune in every week as we speak with executives and female leaders from all over the world on how they have targeted and improved the diversity of their teams, and you can find out what we can learn from them.
1: We are thrilled as a She Loves Data to be part of the Tough Futurology podcast, where we will showcase some female leaders, but the leaders from tech industry, and we will be talking about strategies, about data, about biases, and about diversity. Join us.
0: I wanted to say a big thank you to our sponsors. One of our sponsors is Shine Solutions Group. Shine Solutions Group is a technology consultancy that has been empowering their enterprise and government partners with pragmatic technology solutions for over 20 years. Learn more at shinesolutions.com. Also a big thank you to Stas giving you the power to know through innovative software and services, SAS empowers and inspires data advocates around the world to transform data into intelligence committed to diversity. Did you know about the women in analytics network that they have? It's a SAS sponsored networking program aimed to strengthen diversity in the analytics field. Check it out in the show notes below. They're definitely committed to it as they're helping us with This diversity series, too. I also would like to tell you about Growing Data. Growing Data is a consultancy that helps organizations unlock the full potential of their data. They work with some of Australia's most successful organizations from finance, they work with people like ANZ Bank, through to biotechnology companies like CSL, and all the way to construction, working with companies like MetroCon. They help these and many more companies solve their most challenging data related problems in analytics, machine learning, data engineering, and data governance. While I was at ANZ Bank, I got the pleasure to work with the team at Growing Data, and I can tell you for a fact, they are top notch. I highly recommend Growing Data. Find out more at growingdata.com.au. Also, a big thank you to Talent Insights. Talent Insights are Australia's leading data specialist recruitment business. They are experts in recruitment strategy and delivery for analytics and data teams. They are the go-to recruitment business for all your data roles in Australia, and they can help both with permanent hires and short-term project-focused data resources. I've used Talent Insights in the past, and I've always found them fantastic to work with. Visit them at talentinsights.com.au. Hi, this is Felipe Flores, and welcome to a very exciting first episode of a new series here in Data Futurology. We are partnering with She Loves Data, and we're very excited to bring you together a new series called She Leads, Getting Real About Leading with Diversity and Data. And today, I have uh, the co-founders of She Loves Data, which is Jana Marle Zizkoa, Uh, and uh, Pavel Bulewski. Guys, thank you. Thank you so much for making the time. I am so excited about our conversation. Um, How how are you guys going?
1: All good. Thank you for inviting us to collaborate on this series. We all know that more women are needed in technology, data, and analytics. But what can we do as leaders in this field to promote gender balance? This series will explore all the aspects of leadership bias strategies to promote diversity in tech industry. I am, uh, together with the entire She Loves Data team, excited to co-host this series with Data Futurology and set a new benchmark for leading with diversity.
0: I absolutely love it. I, it's it's uh, Diversity is such an important topic, something that's needed so much in, in today's data scene, in today's tech scene. Um, yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for your uh, for your collaboration. I'm so excited to bring this to reality together. How how are you feeling, Pavel?
2: Good morning from Europe. Uh, it's it's an early morning, so, so uh, slightly different start of, of my day than, than usual. But, you know, exciting to be here. Uh, I think uh, we have been doing a, a lot of groundwork. Um, not necessarily uh, me so much, and uh, as I mean the, the entire team behind Chilas Data, we will get into who these people are for sure later. Uh, but um, you know, so to bring it to more people is, I think, uh, an important part of our mission, and we really want to spread the idea. So I could be couldn't be happier to be here.
0: Same, same here. Um, so I guess to, to, to kick things off, tell me, tell me a little bit about the, the motivation uh, behind She Loves Data. How, how did it start? Uh, what was the, the trigger that, that, um, that put you guys to, to start it? And what was the, some of the early days like?
1: Yeah, let me, let, me, let me start because Pavel and I, we've been having a constant discussions about the lack of talent in the data industry and in tech. And, you know, everywhere we went, we talked to our clients, you know, um, and, and asking them what their issues were regarding, you know, consolidated data and working with data. And they always started with lack of talent. So uh, we looked at, uh, you know, what are the opportunities to help those organizations to get the, you know, uh, so needed uh, data people, data skilled people. And uh, we said that, look, there is only like 25% of women in this field. So how about to go uh, out there and inspire women to look at data as a possible future career? Mm -hmm. So what we did to, I would say, walk the talk we organized one day workshop after a hackathon that we organized in a spare time where we wow. had like 90 percent of men you know registered and we said like let's create environment that's gonna be completely judgment-free for mm-hmm. women to come in and learn and if you say data it's hard to start where do you start where do you yes. go what do you learn you know so we said okay let's um, you know, put together some content that we feel is important as a data literacy kind of base. And um, let's try to see if someone is interested. And we were very surprised when we put it out there on social media. Pavel is our, you know, digital marketing guru. And when we came back, like after a long weekend, we saw we had close to 500 women registered. So wow. we were like, oh, wow.
0: Wow. <laughs> That's from the first one. <laughs>
1: Yeah. So we squeezed as many as women we could into the room and uh, we get such a good uh, feedback from them as attendees, but as well from our partners. We actually partnered with Yellowfin, our our uh, BI tool partner, you know, based in Australia. Yes. And they told us, hey guys, you need to come here, you know, come to Australia. So we felt maybe there is not such a need in, you know, a mature uh, place like Australia, but, um, you know, turned out that um, the need is everywhere. So that that were our humble beginning, where we were traveling around and setting up, you know, workshops, and always being in a beginning surprised how many people showed up.
0: Definitely, that it shows that the, the need is definitely there, but the interest is there is there as well. Um, how how did you guys choose what to include in the first workshops and then and then how did that evolve as as time went on with the, the demand and the interest um, yeah it's, it's amazing to to be on to such a winner from the beginning how did how the things evolve um, with with uh, more participants going through so I, I think I can
2: I can, no. I
0: can take this one uh, look, this was
2: really interesting and we've iterated on the content a lot and uh, one of the one of the things we would have seen is like that if you if you look around uh, done, obviously, a little bit of research and just to I don't what Yana was saying uh, about about the start, it was really obvious that these type of organization as having a background in Europe, it, it's fa- fairly mature movement in most European countries, you ha- you have these kind of uh, industry volunteering organizations that drive this, whether it's coding, whether it's data, whether it's uh, other aspects where of industries, which are typically very, very uh, meant dominated. Uh, but we really haven't seen anything like this in, in Southeast Asia, specifically where we are based in Singapore at the time, right. So uh, this was uh, this was uh, kind of a, a little bit of, a, of, a, of an eye opener. And when we when we started the one realization that I think this is this is huge factor in why our courses had such a great feedback always and were always so important is that when we look at what's in the market, it's typically these, you know, you have these data science bootcamp and start coding in Python. But, but I think before you start learning to code uh, in Python, respectfully, people can learn that for sure. Like you need to have some sort of basic awareness. You need to understand what is a database, you know, very, very basic stuff where database can live, for example. So, yep. so, um, that that's that's a really really the groundwork and we have designed the course for basically we said that the benchmark is that people should be able to use open Excel understand how those fields work a little bit and work with their computer but no other tech prerequisite and this was really this is really what was the what was the kind of the, the launching point for for people to to bridge that uh, carrier track they've had for for 15 20 years to go into something that's completely uh, uncharted territory for them. I think, I think this is, this is needed in, in, uh, in
0: uh, other similar uh, initiatives as well. What I love about that is that you are changing people's complete life trajectory by lowering the barriers to entry into something that they can find their passion and that they, they can find their interest in. And something that, um, as, as you were saying, that when, when somebody wants to jump into data science, it's it's intimidating and uh there's there's so many resources out there i met so many people that they're like i'd love to know more but i don't even know where to start and um and as an industry we are missing out on on that talent we're missing out on those on those people and you are able to help them come in 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 such a seamless and and natural way by bringing down the the barriers to to entry and the the and and understanding um start them where they are and then bring them to the level that that is going to help them out in the future i love that i love that um i i'm sure like you guys would get so much so much energy from saying how um how the lives of these of these women has been transformed um how how do you guys feel about it now after after a few years uh, of doing this
1: well, um, the other day we had a, a video session with some of the members and volunteers from the She Loves Data community, and I have to say, the stories we've heard—you know—you you get a goosebump sometimes because you—it—it—it it, it really has a, a you know profound impact on people's lives. We saw people who were in HR consulting, you know, who after our one-day of workshop intro to data quit their jobs and actually applied for MBA in business analytics. And now this, this lady is working as a data, data, um, you know, engineer, which is amazing. Amazing. You know, all there was this one lady who came here and she told us the story that she came to one of our workshops and, um, you know, listened to data and she was actually coming from, um, you know, a large MNC organization. She was in her late fifties and then she was retrenched and then she said, what do I do now? I need to Mm -hmm. kind of spend my career. So she came there. She was almost worried that she's going to be there sitting with just the girls her, you know, in her. So there's as well, like diversity, ageism. That's a, that's age is a big thing. And she said, you know, I learned, I came to all of your, you know, workshops that were available and 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 then i continued study because you pointed us out to other you know places where we can gain knowledge and upskill ourselves and now she is a lecturer and educator and she has a completely new career and her story got me almost you know it it touched me and uh, we hear stories like that we are not so good yet at collecting those stories so we're starting now because we want to inspire other you know women out there and people out there, not only women, you know it's never late to change career. it's never late to learn about tech and data because it can help you you know for your future career, your jobs you know, and it maybe make your you know life more meaningful
0: One hundred percent helping people see a path and then helping them believe in themselves. Just the the effect that that has on their lives is is amazing. And um, tell me, you, you you mentioned you mentioned um, helping people in data and in tech. Um, what what made you uh, choose choose data specifically to start to start off with? Uh, why did you go with uh, with she loves data as as the name and the brand and the focus? Pavel, you want to go?
2: So, sure. Uh, so uh well we obviously Yana and i have been working in data for for a while more on the on the kind of a business consulting side we've started to with a i have started Yana has a much much longer story than i do in, the, in this industry uh but uh, we we have uh, started working together at a social media uh, analytics company where, where we have met and obviously this is all about data then we've started our own business which was a consultancy around uh reporting data engineering uh, analytics all, all of that uh, typically oriented to marketing and now we run a uh, we run a, a software company uh, uh, focused and centered around around uh, customer data so that's that's uh, obviously this is kind of our daily bread and butter and um, we felt that this focus is needed because when you do something that's too broad that it's a uh, you probably won't make as much as much of an impact. And uh, I think that was the natural link between our, our kind of 95% of our day and what we want to uh, what we want to uh, focus on. I think uh, you know, reflecting on it, what's 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 really interesting to me is that typically um, you don't really see people building a business from uh, from two people onwards and and upwards and uh, starting a software team, you know, in parallel with that and Building a business like that and focusing a lot on—I would not really call this a philanthropy, but but more more of a common, kind of a community volunteering work. It's usually if you look at my my obviously. A huge role model in this place is a uh, would be a Bill Gates. And if you look at what he did, he spends 50 years of his life making a lot of money, and then he spends the other 50 giving it away. But I think this is this path of of splitting your your time and energy early on is, is, a, is a significantly more, more challenging. So so this has been this has been really, really interesting. And I, I have to say it's sometimes challenging to strike strike the right balance because obviously, these two things keep you keep pulling you to 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 each other and obviously sometimes you have to focus on business a little bit a little bit more so i think we we make a we make a good balance
0: with that and try to try to find it always oh man i am i'm so impressed with not only the balance that you guys achieved but the the accomplishments that you guys have on on both of the sides so hearing hearing a little bit about the story on on your business like you guys have a, a multinational software company that is helping people with with their customer data to solve problems that that people couldn't couldn't solve before. Um, that that alone is is amazing. And then on top of that, you you've got she loves data. Um, so impressive! <laughs> I'm, I'm so impressed. And and I know that that Yana yeah, that um, you're you're recently included. And I need to say like a massive congratulations but also very well deserved that you were included recently in the inaugural singapore top 100 women in tech list um how how does that feel how does that make you uh think about your your career so far um what does it make you feel most proud of and 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 what do you see as as um you know what do you think about the the future looking forward congratulations
1: thank you so much um it's been it's been a huge honor, and I have to say I'm thrilled and, and very proud to be on that list. Uh, you know, being being here in Singapore and not having a big name, big, big brand behind you, and still be featured with those amazing, inspiring, you know, 99 other women that've done so many exciting things in tech and data. It's, uh, it's 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 a huge reward. But not only for me personally, I think it's a reward to my co-founders, you know, Pavel the entire Mayra team because uh you know we we work on something that that is relevant that makes sense out there. But as well I think uh, you know She Love's data plays a huge part in this um you know being placed on that list because I think upskilling you know in the world where technology is moving so fast and the uh skill set gap is 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 widening basically uh you know She loves data is a movement that is seen as as a hope for some people that can they can come there it's a you know it's free of charge we don't charge it's place where you can meet like minded individuals and you can as 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 you said uh, you know earlier it's hard to start to code and where do you even start that's what we established right and uh, in She Loves Data community, there are, you know, subgroups of people that are studying together, you know, some online courses so they can meet and they can discuss, you know, what mm-hmm. this means and they can, you know, it's almost like a, you know, a big data tribe and community, but yes. there are, you know, sub-tribes. And, uh, and and this is fantastic to see. So, you know, I think uh, a combination on, on having a tech startup, I know what it means, you know, what 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 people are struggling out there when you are running your own business and mm. uh you know with supporting women aside of that is sometimes when you have a down and you wake up in the morning there is a purpose to have you know and there's this purpose is driving you so well because um uh, you know that you are touching other people's lives um and uh, that's a that's a that's a fantastic uh goal so our goal is to make made successful to grow and scale, not only in APAC, our focus is now, you know, to be successful in Europe and other continents. And with She Loves Data, we hope that today we are in 14 countries. We have 14 chapters in 13 countries.
2: Wow! And
1: uh, we upskilled, you know, with the offline events um, around 6,500, 7,000 women. Until the beginning of this year, but now, since April, when we turned everything online, we managed to upskill over seven thousand women or you know they came to our workshops, and you know they are following us so that's that's an incredible change for everyone so our goal is to reach out to so many women out there as possible, and now with you know the online activities, it's much easier, so we are opening new countries, new chapters um you know. And so we want to grow and reach out to everyone out there who is ready uh, to upskill herself, himself, because we have a hashtag, he loves data too. So we want to be more inclusive as we go. And uh, we want to basically as well focus on create environment where these women can come together and learn. Uh, but then we as well want to make sure that we don't keep them, you know, just within the one gender. It's important yes. to go out there and, you know, have your experience, um, you know, with everyone in a normal world. And I think this is important as well regarding the list of 100, uh, you know, women in tech in Singapore. I hope, so my hope is that there will be no need for those type of lists in the future, that there will be lists just simply with leaders in tech, because there will be so many role models for women out there that they can go out and they can see, Hey, anything is possible because she made that. And she is a leader there. She's a CEO there. I can do it then as well. So we hope that we inspire the generations of, you know, girls and women that are leaving universities now, and they will see more women out there. So they take this path and, um, if we achieve you know at least a little bit this then we've done a good job i feel so a lot to do still
0: uh, yeah no i think i think you guys are doing a, an amazing job um, definitely i I'd like I, I want you to keep going and, and do as much as possible but i definitely recognize that what you've done so far is is incredible and you know that's that's 13000 people more than 13000 People that have gone through through your your workshops, your courses, your mentoring um, that 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 is that is incredible. Um, Pavel, tell me about how how things change for you in in she loves data with COVID, uh, transitioning from the offline events to to the online events. Um, how was that that transition, and then and then the Tell me about the, the growth in in numbers as a as a result of that move. Um, how was that that experience for you guys? You know what I I do
2: have this uh, I do have this uh, kind of a parallel where running a, a business with with a small team and then being part of this this volunteering uh, initiative where. It's it's a, it's a large group. Uh, I think it's important to uh, say before before we go there, just to set the scene for people to see how we are how we are structured, right? Like Jana mentioned, the kind of the 14 chapters who kind of organize things locally. So now it's 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 changed dramatically because everyone is fighting for the for the spot on there on on the same roster, which has become become a global. So while local initiatives are are great and amazing, it's it's all the content you see that with with the podcast series, right? Like you have an audience globally, so. So it's a kind of the same thing for us and, and it it's requires a, a little bit of an adjustment and, and a shift there is um, I think um, what we what we need to say is we don't have any full-time uh, uh, team members within Shilo Zata. it's wow. all purely. Uh, volunteering basis. This is, I think, and I will talk about it later. This is where we would like to get in future. We see absolutely the need to go there. So it's, it's organizing and and coordinating uh, a lot of really, really amazing people in the local chapters and in the kind of a main group that supports the team locally from Singapore, who is doing uh, a lot of, a lot of really, really amazing stuff. And it's been, uh, you know, there's a, there's a, we, I think we all really like the, uh, the, I don't remember the name, but, but the, the kind of stage name is Marketunist. Yeah. The, those, those, those little, uh, cartoons, uh, about, about marketing. And that was the, the, was the, really the best one in a couple, a couple months ago about what's driving, who, who really is the driver behind the digital transformation. You know, it's not the, it's not the CMO, it's not the CEO, it's, it's the, COVID. yeah. So uh, I think I think that was uh, that was really, really accurate. And for us obviously the same here. So we have this infrastructure and, and templates for organizing uh, offline, offline events and partners with venues and, and sponsors for that, you know, checklists, stuff that you can scale there really easily and onboard new countries into that. And suddenly it's it's uh, blackout overnight. And we have to move into into uh, uh, doing everything in a g- digital space so we took a couple of months to basically see whether uh, where this situation is going to evolve how is it going to look like obviously not having a full-time team we can't react to these things so fast so we wanted to see uh, what this is going to what is this is going to evolve into and and clearly this is this, this type of a situation is here to stay with us for uh, I think foreseeable foreseeable future so we've started adjusting to it I think uh, kind of a two three months in where we said we said we, we need to turn what We used to do offline into online, and and basically had um, uh, additional people coming on board into the main team in Singapore. And this amazing group who's doing stuff that like I just can't comprehend how they still maintain day jobs and still do what they do. Uh, A lot of weekends, a lot of late nights. So so shout out to the to the girls in Singapore Uh, and other other countries uh, we we have around the world but uh it's been it's been challenging so you know basically we have we have had to become a all masters in digital marketing communications and and running technology for webinars and uh, it's 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 not been easy but i think uh it's it's obviously these times where there's a little bit extra pressure where you learn more most so uh personally as well it's been it's, it's been uh, a bit learning for, I think for, for speaking for most of the people in the team and we still struggle with stuff, you know, like we are just now pushing out a new website. Uh, and uh, that's, that's, that in itself is, is a project that uh, you could spend the hours and days on and uh, you, you have usually five, 10 minutes in a day, it's, it's not ideal. So uh, it's, it's personally for me, it's a bit, a bit frustrating that I, I see that with a little bit more resource, we could do so much more and not having it is obviously a constraint, but in that constraints you need to find a creative ways how to still achieve mostly what you have so uh, it's, it's an experience
0: for sure for sure uh, and and um, but the the fact that you guys have been able to do such amazing work with with uh, voluntary organization it goes to show that you have tapped into a need that people really want, and you have uh, captured people's hearts and minds uh, for them to want to see. She loves data to continue to grow and to snowball, uh, so they so you can bring the the value and the benefit that they got. They want to be able to bring it to other people um, through their involvement in the in the organization, and I think that's a, that's a really good segue because I wanted to ask you about um, what's, what's coming up next for She Loves Data? Like what's, what's coming in the, in the future? And also if you can include in there, how, how can people help? How how can people get involved? Um, and, and how can they be for, how can they be part of the, of the vision and the next stage and what's, what's coming down the line, uh, for She Loves Data?
1: So, um, so we have a lot of plans and as Pavel rightly said, you know, we, we had a lot of learnings and, um, and I have to give really credit to the volunteering team here in Singapore. They uh, basically formed, uh, you know, within a few weeks, uh, a global operational support, you know, for zoom webinars. And we had months where we did, you know, 12, 13 webinars, uh, which is, which is wow. incredible. Wow. And, and, the, and Yeah, exactly. And this is where, you know, the help starts. We do work with large brands and organizations that can support us in terms of, you know, bringing some good topics. So we have three focuses, main focuses one is data and tech. Um, and this is everything from our, you know, intro to data signature workshop. We are focusing on data visualization because what we see that if people are coming, you know, from various different industries, mm-hmm. the data storytelling, how you work with data and how you explain it is, is really popular. So we work with a lot of BI tools where we, you know, hands on session explain how you build dashboards, how you think about hypothesis, you know, the measures and KPIs you show what are the do's and don'ts of uh, data visualizations and uh, these type of topics. Then we are working a lot on explaining, um, and demystifying different buzzwords, you know, what is machine learning, what is artificial intelligence and what is not, you know, how do you work as, as Pavel mentioned, how do you work with databases how do you structure your data? So how do you prepare it for analysis? Um, uh, we, now lately are tapping into a coding. We, we usually just did um, you know entry-level coding to show people, especially with SQL, that, look, it's not a rocket science. You just need to apply logic. So don't be intimidated when someone says, like, coding. Yeah. Uh, but, but now lately we ran a webinar with ThoughtWorks and it was organized by our amazing Melbourne chapter. Uh, and we had over 900 people registered. But then we had a breakup rooms and we had about 50 uh, instructors so that people really had a hands-on experience online. Yeah. And it was a three-hour session, which we had, which, which saw over 300 attendees. So we are very picky about the content. We want to keep it, you know, this interactive. We want to keep it relevant and a high quality. So organizations like ThoughtWorks, like, you know, um, various different software vendors, um, you know, social media, um, um, out there, you know, they, they help us to supply, uh, the relevant topics and instructors. So we work with them and, uh, we are looking for uh, sponsors because as Pavel said, you know, we, we need to be a little bit more organized. We are looking for maybe paying two, three people that run this show because with, uh, 70 plus volunteers around the globe, it's, it's starting to be around organization basically you know yeah. and we need to be a little bit more structured and we have a lot of projects that organizations uh, you know like financial institutions or telcos they come to us and they say can you help us to upskill our workforce mm-hmm. and we want to take on those commercial um, um you know projects because it's important to tie in those organizations and change their mindset because they need to keep their workforce relevant and they need to build their, you know, level, a certain level of data and digital literacy. So that's as well, something we want to definitely explore, be a little bit more like a social enterprise and, uh, and help organizations out there. We are as well working with, uh, brands out there to help them to hire, uh, more diverse, uh, future employees. Um, and, and as well, we consult and talk to HR managers to say, how do you need to change your hiring procedures so you are ready for this diverse uh, workforce? So those are our plans. We want to do more data academies where we do certifications. We work with likes like Tipco to, to set it up. And yeah, we have so many exciting uh, exciting projects, but the overall goal is, You know, who feels the way we did when we started? Look, we were a small startup and we said, you know, if we can invest the money and our time into helping people upskill. So it's not only that you touch on people's lives and they have a better, more relevant careers, future proof careers, but as well, you help the economy because these people will be hired for so important, you know, data-related jobs. And then those organizations will do better data driven you know um, way to run their business, and it's going to have an impact on local economies and you know it's it's bigger than us and if we were able to do it and we set aside you know uh, together with, with our co-founders of mero we set aside quite some money to say like we will support it because in the first two years we we just basically sponsored it ourselves right. and uh, and it was worth it it's uh, it's, it's really it's really great initiative. So if there are organizations out there that have you know a social goals, to work on diversity, to work on data literacy, digital literacy, that they wanna actually change it. So please let us know and we will be happy to work with them. That's that's we need like-minded organizations and individuals to help us on the way to scale and to grow.
0: And and the benefit for the organizations is tremendous because they have they have people who know their organization and their domain area really well, so they're the they're the domain experts. And essentially, it, by you helping them upscale those people with with the data components, then. You have you have these people that can already that that, that will be ready to make data driven decisions across the entire business and really be able to lift up the um, the the efficiency and the trajectory that the company can uh, can see into the future and and that will be able to achieve. So it, the 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 components they just. They're more than the sum of the parts. When you put them together, the experience that those people have in their in their domain and in their company, plus the the data knowledge and data literacy, tremendous opportunity for for organizations to to work with you to help their workforce. Uh, for the software vendors, I mean, I, I like they they. Huge opportunity for them to be involved in in this type of social enterprise that can make a difference in so many people's lives, and, and get in you know early in the journey of these new wave of data professionals, and, and from an HR component, the hiring component, I, I I have seen firsthand the 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 amount of uh, difference in hiring practices that is required to really tap into. Uh, the, this, this type of market and be able to get the the talent that will make a difference in organizations. And I think that's something that a lot of a lot of HR professionals are starting to realize. And they and they are looking for places to to help them with that. And and you know, she loves data is a is a fantastic one um, across across any of those three. Um, you know future initiatives is there is there any uh, er, any early progress or any examples that you guys could could share about um, what what is happening or what could happen across any of those three well you want to go uh, uh, sh- sure sure sorry
2: yeah uh, look um, I I kind of wanted to to um, uh, also comment on the HR um, aspect you were you were mentioning you know so for me why this matters is is there are two practicalities like I I really like when this doesn't stay in a kind of a corporate VR and CSR space where well we are inclusive company you know just because we put up a poster Um, when you look at the the practical benefits if you are hiring within the within the existing talent pool and there are stats about more women, um, kind of over time, more women entering uh, university-level programs in data science, but less women graduating out of them. That's a, that's an interesting thing that often gets omitted, which means less of them is are are entering a uh, workplace. So that's that's number one alarming stat. Even though there are all of these initiatives, and I think importantly, we should say we always have from the very beginning focused on. Uh, Already working people we we said that from, you know, if you are a university student, you're interested in this take a course it's 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 within your within your reach. We don't, you don't need our help. Who needs our help is people who have been stuck in a career path for 10 years don't think there's necessarily a very straightforward. Way out of it. The organizations where they work don't necessarily enable them to make the change because they are comfortable keeping them where they are because they are, uh, you know, a little in the system that that works for them. So that's, that's uh, understandable from that perspective. But when you look at look at it from hiring, it's been, uh, you know, some of the most sought after roles in the market are currently Actually, not so much data science anymore. It's more data engineering. Uh, funny enough, but um, and which is you know 80, 80% percent of these newcomer data scientists don't really know what data engineering is. But they will learn the hard way. That's eighty percent of their work. Um, yeah. So, so so you know when you when you look at it from HR perspective, if you are really focusing on the on the existing market rather than broadening it, you are focusing on effectively fifty percent of the humanity. That's that's within your within your market category at the moment. So the smarter the smarter way of going about it is is extending that rather than uh, working on your positioning and how to make yourself stand out within that within that competitive marketplace if you if you think of it as a market situation right it's so 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 that, that's the that's that's a, that's a really really critical from that from that hiring perspective and then if you think from from more if you kind of go more on the data science side of things um, if you look at it from a qualitative uh, perspective uh, there's been has been Dozens dozens uh, articles I've seen and I do read quite a bit uh, coming in typically from us in in last uh, in last couple of years about uh, bias in in algorithms right and and that's that's something that hinders the quality of your product essentially if you are a company that that relies on the science this is directly connected to your P&L because it is these algorithms making money and if they are designed by a homogeneous group of people they inherently will include a bias and if you have a smart composition of the team you will avoid these biases and therefore you will have a higher quality product so i mean from from a economical standpoint if you translate this into business it just makes absolute sense to to try to have as diverse teams just for for sake of more colorful more in-depth conversations around around these products when you are designing them right so that's that's something that i think I, i think we will have to work with uh Especially with the more uh, more growing and, and maturing markets as as the global economy kind of uh, is catching up and not not to use the europe or or u s example all the time, uh, I think we we really focus on southeast Asia and there there are uh, other fundamental uh, gaps that we still need to help bridge on the on the more on the lower 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 level, but I think this is something that that needs to be. Uh, taken in consideration. So, uh, look, I think uh, in terms of initiatives that are ahead of us, uh, I think we have, personally, I think we have a really big opportunity to do something, uh, something incredible in uh, working as a in and building our partnership with organizations in uh, recruitment specifically just because we have this pool of people that are extremely engaged this is not a you know a mailing list of people who've downloaded the white paper these are people who spend at least an hour their time with us at, at some point in, in time half of them in a person and it was typically a full day so we know them very well uh, we, we you know we are able to kind of uh, work in this area and it, it's really just a matter of finding the right partners I think uh, uh, the the that's the advantage and disadvantage here is that what we do is largely driven by the right partners. So I think this is really just to kind of emphasize Yana's call for uh, for for uh, any type of a tech company consultancy out there who's who's looking to uh, make some changes to how they have been doing things and and help themselves effectively. This way, I think I think we would really like them to 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 reach out. You know, and I would like to, if I may, throw that question back to you because you've been uh, you know you've been you you know the Australian market in and out, and for us it's been one of the more engaged markets, uh, and where we went on very early. So for us, it, we know it's it's really really uh, popular and it's easy to get to people. But I would like to kind of know from more from your experience, corporate and and smaller companies as well. What what's what's that experience been like? What what does it what does what does diversity mean in your in your personal experience?
0: No, that's, yeah, no man. The, thanks. That that's that's a, that's a fantastic question because I've I've definitely as a you know, as a, as a leader of a data science function and, and a hiring manager and building up these practices, um, I, and I've, I've come across a lot of the challenges that, that you have mentioned and that, and that She Loves Data is helping to solve in the market. And I particularly love the, the focus that, that you guys have on increasing the, the talent pool because so many companies focus on fighting for, for the same piece of the pie and and your approach is saying there's lots of talented people they want to get in let's let's increase the size of the talent pool by making it easy and accessible accessible for them um, so i think that, that that is fantastic and it's definitely the way to to increase uh, the diversity in the in the industry and to bring in new talented people that can help us uh, help our organizations get to the next to the next level from my personal experience i've definitely made some um some blunders when it comes to diversity hiring uh blunders that are that were unintentional and and that i luckily got really good uh uh, well no i got the right feedback that helped me learn from those from those blunders um early on a couple couple of jobs ago so this is maybe six six years ago um, i was building up a team from scratch and i was looking to hire uh, 10 people at a time and I, um, I put this job out and I went and did a lot of presentations in meetups and universities and was getting the, trying to get the word out. And we had 250 applicants and it was about 42% female in the first round of applications. I was really happy with that. And then there were so many, 250 applications, so there's so many that what I did is I created a self-assessment question, uh, survey so I sent everyone an online survey to for them to tell me about themselves. And then that way I would have the data that I could filter in mind and prioritize people. And so I a good idea in principle. My execution, not the best, where um, some of the wording that I use in the in the survey, I I got feedback later on, not Unfortunately, not during the survey, but months later, I got the feedback that some of the wording that I use wasn't, um, wasn't very inviting towards females. Um, and what I mean is that I had a question, for example, i said, how good are you at Python programming? And the levels, I gave it a one to five, but level one was, I know very little. And then level five said, I'm a gun. And that is just one example where, yeah, I know, right? Yana is laughing at me because it's such a terrible blunder. Like, I, I, I made it with, like, the best, the best intentions. Um, and, and, um, and what happened is that from the original 250 uh, applicants with 42% female, we went down to 120 people filled out the survey, so 50%, almost 50% drop. But the percentage of females went from 42% to 11%.
1: I'm not surprised.
0: Right? Terrible! 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 Um, and as I moved on with that with that hiring round, um, the the proportion, the, the gender breakdown followed the um, the same distribution as that 120. So, I, out of 120 people, I ended up hiring 10 people. It was 11% females in the in the 120 people. I ended up hiring one female. And, and nine men uh, for, for that team in that round. A Couple months later, as I met people who I knew who had applied and some, and most females that I knew didn't fill out the self-assessment survey. So I went back to them and I asked them why that was the case. And I ended up finding, uh, speaking to about six, seven, maybe eight of them. And, and in a conversation they said to me, they said, you know, the language, <laughs> It wasn't helpful. the The words that you were using, it wasn't. It wasn't something that uh, they said. It wasn't something that I felt comfortable evaluating myself like that. Um, so that was a really important lesson. And and uh, one of the one of the women that ended up applying for the second round of hires that I did during that team, which it was also 10, 10 people that I was looking to hire in the second round. One of the women that applied and came through that second round ended up um, finding some, some online tools, some online startups that help you, uh, that analyze your text and tell you how gender biased you are um, towards different ways and I use them the second time and, and as a result wa- was able to get a much more balanced team through the, the hiring process. Um, I think, so, so I felt that in, in my career I definitely had to be deliberate about it, about, about fostering diversity because of the benefits, but as you said, that the benefits for the team are amazing. Um, but uh, what I didn't expect in my case, by having so many blind spots just my own personal experience gave me blind spots that made me create errors and blunders uh, in the, in the diversity journey, even when I was trying to do the right thing. So it, I, I think it's, it's important to talk about those, those errors. And one of the reasons why I mentioned this, this story is, is because, um, because your, your blind spots can keep, some of the best talent away from working in your teams and in your organizations. And, and, and the more that we talk about it, we can uncover these blind spots for other people and, and hopefully get more diverse um, working environments across the industry and, and, and to be able to see the value that these technologies can, can bring, but definitely um, a, a, tough, a tough area.
1: But to add on your story to make you feel maybe a little bit better about that is as well that what we hear a lot from, you know, the members of the community is that women when they go to interviews and they go there with a man who has exactly the same knowledge and when they are asked, how would you kind of feel that, you know, you fit on scale one to 10. So the woman says like, I'm like five, six and the guy says like, I'm nine, almost 10. And they have exactly the same, uh, you know, skill set. And I think this is as well like something that the hiring process needs to uh, take into consideration that women, they... They don't even actually apply for the jobs if they don't feel that they can score almost 100% of all those bullet points. Like you know, this is what we need. Whereas guys, they go like, I know, hey, I can score on 60% here, yeah. maybe 50, but like I can learn the la- the rest, you know. So I go there. So we women, we are having this kind of perfectionist approach to seeking a jobs, and until we know something almost 100%, we would not even actually go to that interview. And I think this needs to change. And that's the the next thing what we are talking about is how do we basically uh, connect, you know, the hiring managers and the processes and the community that is out there? And how can we uh, bridge this gap and, and help both sides to understand that there are changes needed, you know, for a future diverse hiring and the diverse workforce?
0: Yeah. So, so true. Sorry, Pavel, you go.
2: Great story. Thanks. Thanks for sharing that. It's, it's, it's fantastic to hear like a person running boots like that. And I would, you know, I would just comment on that. I think uh, uh, it's partly connected with what we how we also are changing as, as, a, as an organization a little bit because uh, I get this question a lot, you know, like, why do we need more women in, in, in data analytics? And the answer typically that this eludes is that then they must be better than data analysts than men. And it's it's not that they are better, they are just different. And, you know, the second question usually is that, uh, and obviously we still need more people in in, as a talent to to broaden the talent pool. So that's what we are working on. But the second question I I always get is that, you know, what, what's, what's the difference between, between uh, men analysts and and women analysts, female? Um, the answer from my perspective is very simple it's one word it's it's a a confidence it's 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 you throw a problem to two people in your team same problem and you can you know you can run your your a language uh, gender neutrality uh, assessment on it and you can you can make it perfectly politically correct in organizations and that, that's fine but you throw the same problem to two people uh, a, a inevitably and this is obviously a gross generalization like an average guy will tell you sure we'll, we'll 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 look into it we'll do it like we'll we'll find a way and the usual female analyst answer i would say the average would be maybe we can look into it and and i will try but that's kind of you know that's and that's that's a big difference in 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 a response from from two people right uh, who, who are comp- potentially competing for the same job so 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 that's different and i think I think what has to happen here we need to and and that's that's really the important message we need to create a space where we are meeting in the middle where where yes you were you were totally right why are you saying you went back and you you've revised this you you reviewed how you wrote it and all of that but I think also it's it it can't be one sided we, can, we can't we can't just keep leveling the playing field to the, to the ground from the top but we also have to rise it from the from the bottom to top so meaning we really are trying to kind of boost confidence in women that just to show them that their skills are enough often to apply for these jobs and to to do these projects and, and that's 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 a super important um some of the kind of new additions and i think uh, they had the uh, relatively warm reception in in the in the in our audience uh, some of the some of the latest things we have added in in last year or so were soft skills and i am not a soft skill person i i do have my own uh, gaps in, the, in that um, and i i think i think this is this is really more than anything appreciated because this is this is really a part of it and maybe it's a where it's communication whether it's coaching whether that's how to mentor people i think all all of these things are Incredibly important It's its data analytics is not just about uh, learning to code. It's not about learning to chart a dashboard and build visualization. I think it's—it's it's a lot more than that. And this is something where which which we realized, uh, which we realized, you know, recently in, in last the uh, last year or so when we've been trying to kind of build it into the curriculum and into the into the content mix. So
0: yeah, man, that's sharing. amazing. Yeah, I agree. And and it's and it's so interesting because. Um, and uh, completely in line with what you're saying, it's so interesting that um, one of the things that, I, that I've changed now in my, in my recruitment process is to have a technical test up front that um, asks all the applicants to rate themselves. Uh, it asks them, how good do you think you are at SQL, for example, and then it gives them a few questions on SQL. So then you can see people that think that they're really good, but they're actually not so good, and people who think they're not very good, but they actually are. Really good, and um, and I can see the the gender differences in in their perception of their of their skills and that 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 confidence, as you say, um, having having an, an objective uh, measure of their of their technical skills. Um, Helps in have that conversation. When I interview people, I always tell them, "I I, like you. You're better than what you think in in this area." Um, And and that 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 sort of uh, step has helped me. And then as a as a pre step to that, definitely focusing on on uh, publicizing roles and and the the team in in. Uh, communities and in areas that that over-index in in uh, the diversity that we need in the in the team, and, and definitely um, women is is one of those big ones because the diverse teams are the teams that are going to uh, that make organizations really uh, skyrocket, and we'll continue to yeah. do that in the future. Um, so I think, I think these, these conversations that we're going to have over the next few weeks are going to be amazing. I think I, I know that I'm going to be learning so much from you guys, and I'm really looking forward to exploring this, uh, you know, uh, the, the industry and the issues and, and what we can improve, exploring that with you guys and, and, and getting your, your perspectives. Uh, but sorry, Pavel, I, I cut you off. What were you going to say? Sorry. Uh, yeah sorry I,
2: I just i had a, one last question for you and i'm totally aware that we are almost running out of time here um so we are also going to be sharing this uh, this series and and data futureology as a podcast with our community uh, quite a bit so and it may not be some uh, it may not be a medium that a lot of our audience will know so i wanted to ask you what would you would you think are the well number one like what what even drove you to stardays and you know, why it's, it's, it's the why is always an interesting question, but I would also like to, uh, if you could pinpoint, uh, maybe two or three episodes from everything you have done in the past, where someone who is new to your podcast, where, where do you think the, the ladies from our community or not just ladies, anyone from our community should start with, with the podcast, what would be the, the best episodes that you think are, are are there to begin with?
0: Oh man, great, great questions. Um, so the, the the initial why behind data futurology came from um, the aim is to help uh, data scientists and data analysts uh, to move into leadership roles or to think more as leaders that can that can create change in organizations or in their communities. Um, that was the, the the initial and and still is the the main the main intent. Um, well, and and by focusing kind of like on this on this um, juncture or overlap between what leadership and what is data science, um, the, the, the audience has grown to, to include people who come from both of those worlds. So sometimes we have, and we have a lot of, a lot of sort of business people that have moved into, into management roles, into executive roles that have an interest in artificial intelligence and the possibilities. And they, they form a, a large part of the listener base, as well as people that come from a technical perspective that are data analysts, data scientists, and that, and that would like to be creating more impact and more more change, uh, either in their organizations or their, or their communities. And the idea of Data Futurology is to, to bring them the, the stories of people who are doing things like that so they can see what is possible. Um, and we talk about interesting applications of machine learning and ai in different industries so people can get ideas of what they can apply in their in their own world and and we focus a lot on on things like um, like the imposter syndrome and and how and 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 the 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 mistakes and the failures in the journey and how people were able to overcome that and the fact that the you know a, a mistake, even if it's a big mistake, it doesn't define you as a person it doesn't define your career and that you can build up from there and in the end uh, people people who uh, are able to to persevere then they turn that around that mistake becomes a massive asset and a massive learning in in the longer term horizon and part of part of the the focus of data futurology is to to help people that they might feel like they're in a slump today, but hearing how other people that had a slump years ago made the best of that time and how it, it, it really accelerated their career or it helped them achieve something new or go in a direction that will be more, that is more beneficial for them today. Those are the stories that I'm, that I'm really keen to, to share um, week after week, speaking with with the leaders and executives in, in the data analytics space from around, around the world. Um, and in terms of, in terms of episodes, there's, Man, I can tell you, I've I've been really lucky to have some amazing uh, female leaders in in the in the podcast, and um, like hats off to to all of them. And uh, some some of the latest ones uh, we had uh, Eliza, who is the and this is episode one hundred and thirty three. She is the head of data science at AFL, which is a, a big sport in Australia, and. Uh, it's a it's a sport that traditionally had been seen that is very important uh, and mostly male dominated. And in the last couple of years, they started a female league. And now that that organization has a female head of data science. And Eliza came on, on the show to, to tell us about her journey and how she got there. Um, the episode before that was was with uh, Jean Holm, who is the chief data officer for the city of Los Angeles. Uh, and um, Jane has done wonders with uh, with a, a, a what can be seen as a small team in the data analytics space. She's done magic, and what she's been able to do so well is uh, leverage uh, relationships and and uh, create a community where her team uh, is the the almost like data stewards for different organizations in the in the city. And they can tap into the talent of all of Los Angeles and and uh, interact with people from from all over the city, from universities, from companies, uh, people volunteering, and and they uh, bring in their analytical talent into into the organization uh, like that. Um, and and uh, one one other one that I've oh there's there's so many that I've that I've enjoyed um, like uh, but but one that I was. Um, really impressed with was episode 120, which was with Catherine Havasi, and she came out of um, MIT, and she she was a researcher in MIT doing natural language processing. And Catherine is on to her second or third company that she's co-founded uh, and led. And uh, for the first one or two, she sits on the board, and she's now the CEO of, of this uh, of this a new venture she started this year. And I've been impressed in how she's extremely technically knowledgeable and and writes some of the most advanced papers in the field. And then she's also running companies uh, that that can bring this academic research into into commercial reality. And uh, it's 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 all. Um, you know the world of possibilities and and what people can do is is amazing and and that's why I love the work that you guys do through She Loves Data because you are helping bring more amazing and talented people into our industry uh, by by helping them acquire these skills that, that they that they can get um, with with the help of, of organizations like yours. So, uh, guys, like I, I I cannot thank you enough for the work that you guys do and. I'm so looking forward to this to this series. Um, I think I think it's gonna be incredible.
1: Thank you. We are really thrilled to be here. and I think you mentioned you know these female leaders. What we try to do is to feature the female uh, leaders not only in tech, so I think this is gonna be so relevant for the community. thanks a lot for having us.